certainly blessed with another great opportunity to be together to worship God. We're thankful for the presence of each and every one. Hope that as we look into God's Word today, we'll find some things to discuss that, that can be helpful and that will be encouraging to everyone here. Titled our study today, A Little Wordy. It's a phrase that's been used to describe me. And it's a phrase we use to artfully tell somebody they're talked too much, right? So, I want to think about that in the context of Solomon's statement in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 7. At the end of that verse, and we know it, Solomon has started through a list here of things that he says there's a season for. He starts off by saying there's a season for everything under the sun. And then here in verse 7, he says there's a a time to keep silence and a time to speak. So that's the problem. That's the challenge for me personally is I fully recognize I talk too much sometimes. But you know what the truth is? I also don't talk enough sometimes. So our challenge is to speak up at the right time and to be quiet at the right time. And so that's my goal today. I want to look at some things Scripture has to to say in an effort to help us. To help us be quiet when it's time to keep silence. And to help us speak up when it's time to speak. In Matthew 12, Jesus makes some statements here that emphasize how important the way we use our words are. Now his first statement here, he says, O generation of vipers, how can ye be evil, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the first thing I want to point out here is he says, out of the abundance of the heart. And we know whatever's in our heart, whatever's on our mind, That's what's going to come out in our words, right? So as Jesus points that out to us, He says what you put in there in abundance is what's going to come out. So what do you fill your heart up with? Well, we know. Because in our conversations with each other, it's what comes out. It's what we talk about. It's what's important to us. It's what we filled our heart with. He goes on to say, A good man out of the good treasure, you fill your heart with good treasure, he says, bringeth forth good things. He's talking about what comes out. Evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. 
You know, we're going to have plenty of time on the Day of Judgment. And it's going to take some time. Every idle word. This is serious, folks. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. He's teaching us the same thing Solomon was. There's a time to be silent, and there's a time to speak up. And we need to do that correctly. So I want to spend the next part of our study today looking at some things the Scripture has to say about being silent. You know, there was a man by the name of Calvin Coolidge. He was the President of the United States in the 1920s. And they called him Silent Cal. Apparently, he was a man of few words. I, I don't know how he reached that lofty position in politics by being a man of few words, but he, he didn't talk much, at least in comparison to, to most politicians. Well, there was a dinner party one evening that he was at. There was a lady that came in and was seated at his table with him, and when she sat down, she said, Mr. President... I made a bet with my friend that I could get you to say more than two words. And he looked at her and he said, you lose. I think that's awesome. That's all he said all night. So she didn't ever get her third word out of him. But the problem is we've got to balance that. We can't fix our problems with words by just stopping talking. But there are some things and some situations that's exactly what we need to do. Just stop talking. Zechariah says in in chapter 2 and verse 13, Be silent. Be silent. O all flesh before the Lord, for He is raised up out of His holy habitation. Now I know God wants us to speak to Him. He wants us to come to Him in prayer. But I want you to consider that there's a time to just stop talking. And that's what Zechariah's talking about. One of those times is when God's talking to us. We need to stop so that we can listen. I'm reminded of that here at the Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17. The Bible says that Jesus took James and Peter and John with him, and they went up to a high mountain, and Jesus was transfigured there before them. Here in verse 3, And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter. I mean, you've got to love Peter, right? And he said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles 
one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. Man, he had a great idea, right? And he wanted to share it. He wanted to get it out there. Get it on the table. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. Sometimes we're talking so much that we forget God's talking to us. God said, Hear ye Him. Stop talking, Peter, and listen to what Jesus said. Wasn't a comment on Peter's idea, but he needed to be quiet and listen. It was a time for silence. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 2, Solomon says, Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. It's just truth. I don't know what else to say about that. It's just truth. Let thy words be few. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs, and I think I've got four verses here I want to look at. And if we'll take the things that Solomon teaches us, and we'll think about them, and when it's time, and when we have that impulse to start talking... We'll remember what Solomon says. It'll help us. It'll help us recognize whether it's a time to be quiet or a time to talk. And I've got four, there's dozens, if not hundreds, of statements in the Proverbs that'll help us. Proverbs 11 and verse 12. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man understanding... Holdeth his peace. If you've got wisdom and understanding, you're going to recognize that sometimes you need to just be quiet. You can't fix every problem by filling the air with words. Hold your peace. Proverbs 17, 28, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. He that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. And we all know people like that. They're just quiet, and they seem wise. Right? Proverbs 21 and 23, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue 
keepeth his soul from trouble. Man, <laughs> if we could just be quiet at the right time. How much trouble could we avoid? Kids, children, when mom or dad's talking to you, how much trouble you could avoid if you just be quiet. You don't have to respond to everything. Be quiet. What about co-workers that frustrate us and annoy us? And they're talking all the time and you just want them to be quiet. Well, is the solution to confront them? Or is the solution to just let it go? How much trouble we could avoid if we just stopped talking? Proverbs 26, 20, where no wood is, the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. Wow. Boy, that's profound, isn't it? It is. But we don't know how to do it sometimes. We got this information that we really think needs to be known. Instead of just being quiet... We've got to keep talking. And then it's a mystery why we have all this conflict and strife. It's no mystery. It's no mystery. Somebody, if not multiple somebodies, is talking when they ought to be quiet. You know, I find that the book of Job, very instructive. I've got two verses here, but we remember the story. All of this tragedy came to Job's life. Just one right after the other. And he was in misery. He was in he was an emotional wreck. He was a physical wreck. His life was a mess. Well, his friends wanted to help, right? So they came, and I think the Bible says they sat without saying anything for seven days. That was when they were the most helpful, right? Because when they started talking, they didn't know what they were talking about. And it was not helpful. It did not help Job in any way. And God was not impressed. And this is his statement in Job 38 in verse 2. Somebody is talking without knowledge. And that's one of our bigger challenges. One of my bigger challenges. I think I know what I'm talking about or I wouldn't be doing it. But we're not self-aware enough to be able to step back and recognize very frequently we don't have enough information to be talking about what we're talking about. 
and were in the same boat as these guys and Job. They didn't know what they were talking about. They needed to just be quiet. Words without knowledge. And, and then this is what Job says. After God's through talking here, I should have just put my hand over my mouth. And that's where I often find myself. A time for silence. Let's recognize it. Acts 21, we have this account. And when we heard these things, both we and they that of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. So Paul had in his mind that he needed to travel to Jerusalem. So again, Paul has some friends here, and out of their love for him, they try to talk him out of going to Jerusalem, for they were... They feared for his safety. They were concerned about Paul's physical safety. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded... We ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. So, they expressed their concern to Paul. And Paul, and I I recognize that most likely the Spirit was guiding Paul to go to Jerusalem. I, I recognize that here. But I want you to notice what his friends did. They stated their case, and then they stopped. We ceased. It wasn't that they shouldn't have said anything. It was a good thing to express. But then there's a time for silence. We turn into nags. And we have good intentions, but if we're not careful, we don't know when it's time to quit. And there is a time. Regardless of how good our intentions are, there's a time to quit. And let the will of the Lord be done. 1 Timothy 6. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. So we're back to that deal where somebody's talking when they don't know what they're talking about here. Goes on to say, this person has an unhealthy, notice, an unhealthy craving for controversy. Remember what, he, what Solomon said about trouble? We can't stop talking, so we got trouble. So here we've got an individual that likes controversy and likes to argue about words. 
which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicion, constant friction among people. who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Now let's pay attention to what he's telling us here. There's nothing wrong with talking about Scripture. There's nothing wrong with having a discussion but he's talking about a person whose heart is in the wrong place and their goal is to produce envy, dissension, slander, and all of these problems. Now, first of all, we don't need to be that person, clearly. But we need to limit our exposure to those kind of conversations and that kind of activity because it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Ephesians 4 and verse 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. That it, may, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Now I recognize that's a really high standard. But when we have that urge to talk, if we would just stop long enough and think about that. Is this going to be helpful in minister grace to whoever it is I'm talking to? And it's been said frequently, and it's the truth, that our conversations are frequently hindered because instead of listening to the other person, we're thinking about what we need to say. And so we don't communicate. And I know. I, that's a fact, because that's the way I am. When somebody's talking to me, I have to fight to pay attention to them, because I'm thinking about what I want to say. He goes on to say, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, you know, I, I messed up one day. I, I didn't know what clamor meant, so I looked it up. Shouting. Shouting, that's, that's what the word means. Be put away from you. With all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Take Ephesians four twenty-nine through thirty-two with you today, because it will change your life.
We talk about Romans 1 frequently, the transformation. Be transformed from one thing to another. That one will do it. First Peter 3 and 10, For who, he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Okay. So I want to summarize what we've talked about and give you some applications, right? So when God is communicating, when God is trying to get our attention, when God is talking to us, it's time to be quiet. When you're angry, that's not the time to start talking. I have not met anybody yet that needed to be talking when they were angry. So when that, whatever it is that triggers our angry, anger is lit, we need a giant stop sign to come up and say, don't, don't talk. That's why the Bible says the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Don't talk when you're angry. Wait till the anger passes and then you can have something constructive to say that might actually be helpful. Now that, and that's going to affect every relationship we have. If we can just stop talking when we're angry. Don't talk. If, if it's not true or helpful or kind or encouraging, don't talk when you don't know what you're talking about. Be self-aware enough to know when that time is. When it is time to talk and when something does need to be said, say it and let it go. Ephesians 4 talked about forgiving. And we say we forgive somebody, but we can't stop talking about it. We can't stop talking about how they hurt us and how bad that was. You're not going to ever forgive somebody if you can't stop talking about it. Because every time you bring it up and start talking about it, you're reminding yourself... We have conflict and problems. And those things need to be talked about. They need to be talked out. But once the problem is resolved, it's 
stop talking about it. When the decision is made, you know, husbands and wives, you know, there's, there's decisions that have to be made, right? And there's a time for talk. We need to talk about these things. But once the decision is made, that's when submission has to happen and the talk needs to stop. And that's true of every authority there is. When decisions are made, there's a time for talk and there's a time to stop talking about it and submit. Okay. I want to spend the rest of our time this morning talking about recognizing when it's time to talk. And I love this verse in Jeremiah because I think Jeremiah was frustrated. He's a prophet of God, and he's trying to communicate with these stiff-necked and hard-hearted people that won't pay him any mind. And he'd get to the point where it's a waste of time me talking to these people, right? And he says here in Jeremiah 20, in verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him. I'm just going to stop talking about it. They're not paying me any attention anyway. But then notice what he says. I'm not going to speak any more in his name. But his heart word was in my heart as a burning fire. Shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. He couldn't stop. He had to tell them the truth. So if we had the same passion for sharing God's Word that we do with sharing our opinion about everything under the sun, we'll know when it's time to talk. Because that's where Jeremiah was. He had the truth. They needed the truth, and he couldn't help himself. He could not hold it in, is what he says here. 1 Peter 4 and verse 11, Peter says, If any man speak, if you're going to talk, let him speak as the oracles of God. Now think about that, as the oracles of God. He's talking about God's law here. He's not suggesting that the only thing you ever say is God's Word or God's law. He said you speak like God's law speaks. What does it do? It speaks out of love. It speaks out of concern for others. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified. 
Folks, we glorify God with what we talk about or not. Or not. That in God all things, that God, I'm sorry, in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Esther 4 in verse 14. Remember what Mordecai says to Queen Esther. She has a unique opportunity in history because she's married to the king. And there's a movement in this kingdom to get rid of all the Jews. And Mordecai says to Esther... For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. He recognizes that she's not the only one that can do what needs to be done here. But she has an opportunity to speak when it's going to make a difference. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. If you don't stand up and talk, the Jews will be delivered some other way, but you and your family will be destroyed. And what did she do? She stood up and spoke. Psalms 32 and verse 3 David says this, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Now he's talking about keeping silent about his sin. And he said, when I, when I was silent about that, it was killing me. So, we go to 1 John 1, where John says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, it's time to speak up. It's time to speak up. When we have sin, we need to confess it. He is faithful and just to forgive us. So, and he's talking to Christians here, and we'll make that distinction later, but he's talking to Christian people here. And when we make a mistake, we need to say, God, I made a mistake. And we need to be specific. With the mouth confession is made, time to speak up that's when we'll receive forgiveness he says Isaiah 56 in verse 10 his watchmen are blind they are all ignorant they are all dumb dogs that cannot bark now he's not talking about their intelligence it's not what he's talking about he's talking about they refuse to bark and I know we have 
dog people and cat people and no pet people and all of that, but if you've got a dog and you have an intruder, you expect that dog to bark, right? And if they don't, they're useless. They're just eating your dog food. So what's he talking about? He's talking about, in Isaiah 62 and verse 6, he has set watchmen. And God has always had watchmen for His people, and He's got watchmen today. And we've got to sound the warning. We've got to say, danger, danger! There's an enemy out there that He's trying to destroy us. And if we don't, we're just like that dumb dog. We're going to let Satan in and destroy the flock. It's time to speak up. Habakkuk 1 and verse 13, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he? Now we need to pay attention here, because this is happening more and more in our country. We need to defend righteousness. We need to stand up for that and speak up for that and talk about what's good and what's right and what glorifies God. In Luke 19, and when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They were honoring and glorifying God by the because of the the things that they had seen and been a witness to. They were doing what normal thinking people would do in response to what Jesus had done. But some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. They didn't like it. They said, Jesus, you need to rebuke these people. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. This was the time to speak. This was the time to speak. So what's God done for you and I? the most fantastic thing that any person could ever receive. Do we glorify Him for that? Do we focus on that? 
Or do we get focused in on the wrong things and start griping and complaining and talking about how bad everything is? 2 Corinthians 1, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. One of the things God has provided for each and every one of us is comfort. And when we have the opportunity to comfort someone else, we need to do that. It's time to speak up. And I know there's ways we comfort without talking. I get that. But sometimes we can use words. Job 16 and verse 2, Job told his friends, you're miserable comforters. You're miserable at it. Well, we can be miserable for lots of different reasons, but one reason we would be a miserable comforter is we don't have enough practice at it. It's a time to speak. Proverbs 28 and verse 23, He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Well, I'll just tell you, I much prefer flattery over rebuke, right? We need to just stop the flattery and be quiet. But when someone needs a rebuke, that's what a real friend does. That's why 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2, Paul told Timothy, Reprove, rebuke, exhort. These are things that need to be done. It's time to speak up. Philippians 2, verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we mentioned earlier in 1 John 1, He's talking to Christians. There's another kind of confession. And he's talking about it here. Every tongue will confess Jesus. So we have a choice today. We can confess Jesus now, or we can do it later. If we do it now, It's part of obeying the gospel. And we stand in front of this audience and we say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. To the glory of God the Father. It's time to speak up. We need to do that. And then we live a life of confessing that in the things that we do. I get that. But we need to make that confession as well by the gospel. Hebrews 13 and verse 15, By Him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Now as we've talked about this stuff today, I have no illusion that I've talked about all of the different times that it's appropriate to speak up. I haven't. 
I've talked about a few. I hope we recognize the others that are in Scripture. I hope you've thought about some others. I I hope as you think about this sermon, maybe later this afternoon, you'll recognize there are times to speak. So here's the summary. We need to speak up when we obey the gospel. We need to confess Jesus. We need to speak up when we can share the gospel. We need to be ready to give that answer, right, of the hope that we have. We need to be ready to speak up. We need to speak up when we've sinned. We need to make that confession. We need to speak up when we can help someone else that has sinned. And we need to take that as an act of love from a brother or sister when that happens. We need to speak up when it's time to honor and glorify God. Not just in these assemblies, but throughout the week. And we need to speak up when we can be of comfort to others. We need to speak up when it's time to be thankful. Which is all the time, right? That's our study today. As I said, I hope that as we've looked at these things, you've thought about things that you can do differently. And that will help you in your communication and the way you use your words. If you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. We want to help you do that. If you're here and you need the prayers of the church for some spiritual problem or spiritual needs you have in your life, we want to give you the opportunity as well. So one or more of either group, please come as we sing the invitation song.